Welcome back to the Getting Grit Podcast. I am Brad Pohl, your host, and this is where we tell the stories of sinners and saints. Spoiler alert, you'll have to wait a little longer for the ending. Waiting in lines, waiting for anything, some will say takes minutes off your life that you will never get back. Like waiting in line at the grocery store while the person in front of you writes a check and then records the entry in their register. Or waiting to check out anywhere while two cashiers are having a private conversation while you wait. Waiting at any stoplight when you're already late. A line is a sequence of people awaiting their turn to be attended to or to proceed. This is called a queue. Just defining this word is annoying in itself because it took precious seconds just to do so. The longest verified wait time at Disneyland to ride the rock and roller coaster starring Aerosmith was 154 minutes. That was on December 30th, 2015. That's a little over two and a half hours that those diehard fans waited. The stage show Harry Potter and the Cursed Child was so popular that some people were told they were the 130th thousand and first in the queue for a ticket. Waiting in line at Wimbledon is often described as one of those great old-time traditions, an experience unto itself because everything operates on a first-in, first-out basis. So when you arrive, you are put in a waiting line or a queue based on who arrived first and so on. And here's the best part. You're also given a ticket at that time with a number and a seat for the match. But you must wait in line to actually get that ticket that is waiting for you at the ticket stand. And you can be so far back that you miss the entire match, yet you must still wait. However, the Brits have issued a 31-page guide to queuing for you to better understand your frustration. The line to the Soviet Union's first McDonald's restaurant. That was the largest McDonald's ever built at the time. It could seat 900 customers and had a staff of 600 cashiers. It opened on January 31st, 1990, and the initial projections claimed only 1,000 people would come for the opening of the restaurant. Yet Moscow McDonald's set a record for serving more than 30,000 visitors that opening day. People waited eight hours to get to the front of the line for a Big Mac. But this was nothing, they said, because the Soviet people often stood in line for days just to get a monthly ration of sugar and tea. When the Fab Four, the Beatles, were in their heyday, the waiting line for tickets was at times 90 hours to the ticket booth. Some spent as much as four nights camping out just to hopefully get a ticket. In Carlisle, England, for example, schoolgirls battled police for four hours to gain entry to a Beatles sold-out concert. To see the Beatles live was something many would be willing to hopefully only figuratively to kill for. At the Louvre in Paris, 30,000 visitors a day wait for hours to see the Mona Lisa that's seen behind protective glass from several meters away. There are several fours of cues that arrive in the gallery and they're shocked to find out that they are treated like cattle to see the painting with an over hour wait in the bottom floor before being herded through a snake-like queue in one room at one level, then up to the next. Once you reach the painting, you are allowed to take one picture, and then you're told to move on. It's the total lack of intimacy. One visitor said, I feel a bit distracted by all the selfies. It feels like it's more about everybody else's moment than it is about the painting. There are over 600 prophecies about Jesus Christ, the Messiah, in the Old Testament that are fulfilled in the New Testament with considerable wait time involved, of course. 
proving that the fruits of patiently waiting are both heroic and noble. Beginning with a prophecy that was said to Abraham, I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I will curse, and all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. That's in Genesis chapter 12. The cue time of about 2,000 years before the fulfillment. When Peter said, And you are the heirs of the prophets and of the covenant God made with your fathers. He said to Abraham, Through your offspring all peoples on earth will be blessed. When God raised up his servant, he sent him first to you to bless you by turning each of you from your wicked ways. Peter proclaiming the good news on Pentecost. That's Acts chapter 3. There is also this prophecy in the book of Genesis. The scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet, until he whom it belongs shall come, and the obedience of the nations shall be his. Well, roughly about 2,000 years later, this prophecy is fulfilled. In Luke chapter 3, where we hear of the genealogy of Jesus, the son of Abinadab, the son of Ram, the son of Hezron, the son of Perez, the son of Judah. This prophecy was written in Isaiah 7.14, where the prophet said, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call him Emmanuel. Some 740 to 800 years later, we read of the fulfillment in the book of Luke chapter 1. The angel spoke to the Virgin Mary, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Then again, there is this prophecy in Micah 5, 2, But you, Bethlehem, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come from me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. The fulfillment of this prophecy was about 720 years later when we read in the book of Matthew chapter 2, when the wise men from the east came, they inquired of a new king, a great king, who was to come to Israel. Herod, the puppet Hebrew king of the times, was very fearful. So when he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is where the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Again, the prophecy from the prophet Hosea, who wrote, When Israel was a child, I loved him, and out of Egypt I called my son. Not to be outdone in the 700 years of waiting in line for fulfillment. In Matthew chapter 2, we read, So Joseph took up the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt, where they stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord said through the prophet, Out of Egypt I called my son. And finally the prophecy said, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners. Isaiah 61.1 Patiently they waited some 750 years when Jesus went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue as it was his custom. He stood up and read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. And rolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me 
to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened to him. And he began by saying to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Luke chapter 4 The Irish like to say there is not a tree in heaven that is higher than the tree of patience. An O'Cleary or a Murphy might even say, This tallest of trees is a spruce, arrayed in bells and tinsel. Waiting, it is something we are not very good at in the 21st century. We've not been very good at in the 20 prior centuries either. But the church is given a chance to practice patience every year during Advent, when we focus our attention on the coming of the Christ child on that oh-so-holy night. Like a mini rehearsal for when Christ will come again and there will be peace on earth among men whom he is pleased. The book of Hebrews tells us faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. And we do our best not to get distracted in the moments within ourselves and experience a lack of intimacy in Christmas and therefore miss out on the good news, proclaiming freedom, clearing our sight, setting us free as the body of Christ, the church. Christmas, it must be shared in community while we wait ever patiently under that tallest of trees. Ain't it so? This is Gittin' Grit signing off. Merry Christmas to all. Dominus Vobiscum.